three, two, one. Martin Luther King's dream ruined black people. I didn't say it. That's what Charleston White said. And the ladies and I are talking all about it. Next. All right. Hello. It's Wednesday and it's time for Pop and Politics. We are talking about the latest in hot topics, news and entertainment. I'm KJ and let me introduce you to my co-host. Uh, tonight we have Shelly E and T. Uh, and Yana are out this week, but they will be joining us again next week. How are you ladies doing tonight? I'm oh, I'm better. good. We're good. Good, good. Excited for the show. Yes, yes. Excited for the show. I'm glad to be back. Had it was flu the last week or so. Um, but I am I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm about ninety-five. So happy to be yep. back with you guys this week. <clears throat> All right. So again, as I generally say, join the conversation by leaving a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show. And don't just comment, subscribe. Subscribe to our social media so you always know when we post new content. As I say every week, we are an independent media. And if you want to support what we do, donate. Any amount is appreciated. You can check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com for up-to-date information. We are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. All right, ladies, let's set it off. We're going to start off tonight with the topics of the week. The last couple of days and today, uh, tons of headlines to get into, so I want to just get right into it. Starting out with the speaker's race. So the race for House Speaker is finally settled at the end of a four-day uh, negotiation, uh, balancing as Republican leader Kevin McCarthy won majority in the 15th round of voting late last Friday night. Uh, the contest required more rounds of voting than any other time since before the Civil War. So I want to start off with you, Shelley. Is this democracy in action or political hijacking? Um, it's democracy in action, although it was embarrassing. Um, as a Republican, I think it was embarrassing, but this is democracy in action. It was messy. It's like making sausage. And look, we've had in our country's history, we've had people being shot in Congress and on the floor. So thankfully, we didn't get that far. All right. T, speaking of what uh, what Shelly said about being shot, I mean, a fight almost broke out uh, between, I believe it was uh, Congressman Rogers uh, from Alabama, was so upset with Matt Gates uh, because he was the one that kept, you know, <laughs> say he was one of the 20 that was against McCarthy becoming speaker. What are your thoughts on that whole melee? I mean, that's politics for you. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. It's, it could be anything on the floor or outside of the floor. Um, he probably was mad because Matt Gates kept kept uh, nominating Trump. <laughs> 
Did y'all see that? <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. He was serious too. But yeah, it's 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 a show. It's always a show. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I watched it. That's again, as you guys know, I was sick last week and I stayed up and watched the whole thing. I was actually a little upset um, because one, um, I didn't, I don't think the reasoning behind why the 20 were doing what they were doing actually resonated and was understood by the general public. Because from the face, it looked like a, a, a shit show. It, it did. It looked like a, a you, this, these 20 individuals, not really, he was laughing when he was nominating Trump. We know Trump is not going to be Speaker of the House. Why do it? It looked like a waste of time to me um, and and a waste of time for the real real business to be taking place. As we know, we've been waiting for them to hold these uh, investigations for the origins of COVID, you know, the IRS. We were waiting for them to do that. Four days of this of for what? What are you guys? Look, I think I think we said um, a couple weeks ago that we don't really have statesmen. We have politicians. We don't have statesmen anymore. So it's almost every man for him or herself <laughs> in, in our Congress, in our legislatures. But to their credit, they seem to be off a good start. I am very thrilled with, with them voting down or rescinding this IRS Bravo Sierra package um, that you know that was going to fund the IRS and put more headaches on uh, taxpayers. So I'm 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 happy about that. I just hope that again, this is the side that I'm on. I just hope that the Republicans don't mess up a good thing, as we are known to do. Well, they're starting off wrong already by having to go through four days of this crap. So, I mean, I hope they would now get take it seriously and go ahead and, and do what they're supposed to do. But I don't know. <laughs> well, we will wait and see. We'll continue to uh, check out that, uh, check out the, the uh, goings-ons in Congress with Republicans with a slim majority. Uh, so moving right along to Diamond and Silk. Uh, so specifically, Silk, uh, Diamond, Lynette Hardaway, she passed away yesterday, this week, I know. Uh, she was Lynette Hardaway, popularly known as Diamond, uh, part of the Diamond and Silk duo, a pro-Donald Trump social media personality and part of, again, the duo Diamond and Silk. She died, according to the pair's official social media accounts. Hardaway, along with her sister Rochelle, Silk Richardson, drew national attention as staunch conservative media personalities and backers of Trump. Want to get your first thoughts on this, Shelley? The passing of Diamond. Uh, yeah. What do you say? Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's sad. Um, I, I mean, I'm. It, it's just sad. It's a personality. She she was funny. She was, I would say, a little a little flamboyant or provocative. Let me say it that way. Um, and of course, she stirred up the crowds, not just on the right, but again, we have people on the left. Who are expressing and showing their 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 ass really um, in her death? Um, my heart goes out to her family, her sister. Uh, I didn't know she was fifty one. Um, that was a surprise to me. I mean, it was just so young. It was just so young, and so it's just a loss. Absolutely, T. What what are your thoughts on the passing of Diamond? Um, well, I mean, such is life. This this is something that we all have to do eventually. Um, but I just don't appreciate. I mean. In life and in death, we should be a bit more um, 
compassionate when it comes to those things like that. And I, I think it's disrespectful. Some of the things that I've been seeing and hearing from people like, you know, her life didn't matter just because they couldn't agree with what she, what she said or who she was for. So I just think that, you know, life is, is precious, but, and we should treat it as that and not take advantage of it. But then the people who, on the other end, the people who don't agree with things, I don't think it is, it's appropriate to say some of the things or not care about her life just because they didn't agree, agree with her. Yeah, I, I want to put up, we do have a uh, post of some of the response she got from that. Uh, some of the people on the left. Here we are again, Mark Lamont Hill uh, made a nasty comment uh, about her, uh, basically saying, you know, D- uh, Diamond of the right wing Trump loving duo Diamond and Silk has died. In late November, she was hospitalized due to COVID-19. The duo was fired by Fox News a couple years ago for spreading misinformation about COVID and vaccines. You cannot script this stuff. Uh, so we also have here, Karma is someone's Kim uh, stated, Karma is indeed a bit bitch. The fact that Diamond of Diamond and Silk has passed away due to COVID-related illness is just a effing poetic justice. So she goes on. Um, first of all, they we don't know she if they died, died. If she died of COVID. Exactly. Uh, there, there are reports that she may have had cancer. <laughs> um, who knows? But we know now all this myth, misinformation that has been put out about the vaccine, about COVID nineteen. I don't want to get into all that, but this is just people are still on this. Yeah, unfortunately, people are. And you're right. We don't know what she died of. Um, and I frankly don't care what she died of, even if it was COVID. What does right. that have to do with just her as a human being and losing her life so young, in my opinion? 51 is still young, but it, 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 it's it's irrelevant. Um, she's entitled to her privacy. She's entitled to whatever thoughts and opinions she has about whatever, just as these asses are. Yeah, what were you saying? I mean, we, we don't we don't respect choices and and opinions um, these days. I mean, everybody wants to be canceled, or I mean, for whatever reasons. I mean, I think it's very, for the lack of a better word, stupid for people to to not be able to to respect a life just because they. I, I don't even know why. Why are they mad exactly? Yeah, there's uh, no reason. Again, people are just nasty, and you know, once again, from the all-inclusive, uh, sweet, and, and and supposed supposed to be sweet left, we find realize and find out they're actually not. Uh, very nasty. Uh, again, you know, I, I have so many people that I don't agree with, don't like celebrities, news personalities, what have you, but I would never talk badly about them uh, after their passing. Uh, so again, it's poor, it's poor taste. My thing is, these people don't even really know her. Really? They don't know her personally, so how can they even say things well, about her? And, and they don't know her. I would love to talk bad to their faces, Joy Reid and Joy Behar and Sonny Hostin. I would love to talk bad w- about them to their faces. And when they die, I will say rest in peace. Yeah, perfect. Moving right along to Biden. So he finally went to the border this week. Um, brief visit appeared largely focused on enforcement issues and speaking with border enforcement personnel. Reporters on the ground did not see any migrants at the respite center d- during the president's visit there, nor along the motorcade routes throughout the afternoon. 
uh, asked to explain the thinking behind having Biden visit this specific center uh, and ultimately not meeting or interacting with any migrants. Uh, senior administration official told CNN there just weren't any at the center when he arrived. Completely coincidental. Uh, so they haven't had any today. This is ridiculous. Well, what are you guys' thoughts on this? Uh, I'll start with you, T, about him going to the board and no migrants to be found. Of course, because leave it up to them. Uh, DeSantis uh, sent them all to vice presidents of, <laughs> of home or residence. Right. But I mean, it's how convenient, right? How convenient that none of them, and I saw like a before and after um, picture of how they had the immigrants lined up in beds on the sidewalk. And then all of a sudden when he comes, they're not there. It's a clean sidewalk. So it's just convenient and, and basically a photo op. I don't know what, whatever the reason was, it, it was, it, it, there was no reason for him to it be was, there. Yeah, it was purely propaganda. I mean, this is like right out of the Chinese playbook. They cleaned up the streets. Then they made all the migrants disappear. Uh, I, I, this is, it's just, I mean, I can't believe people aren't really seeing through this. This man I mean, is a puppet. What are your thoughts here, Shelly? So, um, you talking about the my, Biden, Biden going to the border? Yes, yes, Biden going to the border. Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear us? I hear you. I'm sorry. I don't okay, know what yeah. what's going on. Um, if you're talking about Biden going to the border, mm-hmm. it's all yeah. for show. It's all for show. He doesn't. I don't. I don't even think he knows where he is. <laughs> that might be true, Evie. I mean, Shelly. Yeah. We're having some t- uh, connection issues there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the fact that they didn't even have him speak to any migrants, uh, it, it was a waste of time. But we knew this was coming anyway. We knew he only did it because he was starting to feel pressure from Republicans uh, in Congress uh, about him. Do you know he has not gone to the border ever? Like in his entire time in government, this man has never been to the Mexico border. Yeah, that's ridiculous. VP went, but I mean, still nothing was accomplished from it. What's the point of them going there? They just go just to to look. I mean, one, it brings attention to exactly what's going on because you know that that news is going to follow the president to wherever he goes. So it brings attention to it, um, and people can actually see you know a lot of times what's actually what's going on if if and when they go. Uh, even when uh, when Vice President Kamala Harris said she was going, she didn't go. She was somewhere out, somewhere nowhere near the border. Uh, so it's disgraceful. And another another time they're just doing it for show, yeah. propaganda. Uh, yeah. All right, we'll move right along to the bombshell accusations brought by Prince Harry. Uh, So he has launched a series of incendiary accusations against members of his family in his new memoir, which reveals a number of private confrontations between him and other senior royals and details his split from the family. Um, I, um, I have not read the book. 
I don't think any of you have either. But mm-hmm. you do know they have put out several uh, things in the press uh, about this. Uh, I want to start off with what he said about his brother. This is this a uh, bizarre. He went on. I think he. This is in the beginning of the book where he talks about his brother's hair. He says, I took it all. He's talking about looking at his brother. He said, I took it all in. His familiar scowl, which had always been his default in dealings with me, his alarming baldness, more advanced than my own, his famous resemblance to mummy, which was fading with time, with age. This is Prince Harry talking about his brother, Prince William. If that doesn't sound like somebody that is jealous and hate, I I mean, he despises his brother. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Well, let me say this. I'm going to say two things. And I think some people, you may think I'm uh, contradicting myself. Number (coughs) one, these people are Harry and Meghan. They're ingrates, okay? They are ingrates. Um, and sibling rivalry has been around since time began, which is why I'm laughing because that's basic, that's classic sibling rivalry. Mm-hmm. But the opposing side that I want to point out is that I think I've always said, at least regarding these two ingrates, I totally can understand them wanting their own identity or independence. Fine, but do it on your own dime, not at the expense of someone else. Yeah. Uh, I'm, just, mm-hmm. I'm just like whatever happened to family loyalty mm-hmm. I mean not even if you're royalty just in general family loyalty I mean I know especially in the black community they're like oh you know you keep things in house but and some things you know you should expose but these things like this about his baldness and some of the things that I've heard that he said is we don't care about those things and then you know keep it to yourself keep it in your house keep it in your family because you're supposed to be a reuni- uh, united front in front of people. And I guess, and I blame Megan. I think she's the one that has a lot to do with, you know, first of all, him leaving the, his, or denouncing his, his, whatever he was second in line. And he wasn't even second in line, but just leaving the family. And I, I think that she has a lot to do with it and it's making a disgrace of their family. It is. I mean, we, in my lifetime, I don't remember or recall any of this type of stuff coming out about the royal family. I mean, they were the last vestige of, you know, that mentality, keep it, keep it within the family. Keep yeah. it within the family. Uh, Literally. Now huh, I guess. This, yeah. Now you but, have this blabby baby. I mean, he is just the epitome of 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 just spoiled, bratty, envious, jealous, jealous. little brother. Yeah. This uh, is a classic tale, though. But keep yeah. in mind, put them in a larger social context. Uh, Harry and, and Meghan, the ingrates, they represent, what is it, millennial or Gen Z, whatever their generation is. Compare mm. that to the monarchy, which represents tradition, <laughs> and, tradition and history. We have two sides. And Meghan and, and Harry themselves, 
they are two sides of the same coin. She knew what she was doing when she went after him. And he is so, um, I guess, needy and wounded in his own psyche. They are two sides to the same coin. So they represent this, this generation at large, this social media culture, and you know this idea of having fame at everybody else's expense and not your own. So yeah, they represent a lot. I mean, I think this can go a lot of ways. But bottom line, they are two ingrates. Yeah, trauma bonding. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Megan has issues with her father, her family, yeah. and I mean, obviously, so does he. So that that's probably what brings them together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I guess she's going around saying, you know, if I can't have my daddy, you can't have yours either. Uh, I, I, that's the only thing I could think of. And the crazy thing about it is she talks so badly about her father. She was raised by her father. She, he was the one who raised her primarily, I think for a good portion of her life, she yep. lived with him. Yeah. Uh, so, and then because when she started getting with Harry and he came out with in the news, I guess he had a couple of, of, of mishaps within the news structure and then she stopped speaking it to him. Yep. And so her family is all broken up. She said, well, I'm going to break up the Royal family too. Yeah. Keep it's in the- mind also, I think this is, I, I've been hearing um, this theory or whatever to develop. But I really think in Harry's mind, he really is reliving his mom's death. And I think he thinks he's rescuing Megan. She's sort of a proxy mother for him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could be. And it's embarrassing uh, for her to be black and, and carrying on like this. Like she doesn't she's not black. She's not black. She's biracial. None of them royals talked about that baby being black like she lied on, on Oprah Winfrey. That, that people ain't talking about that baby being black, how dark that he was going to be. Be- Megan, you don't even know Megan is black. I was right. she from, from the biracial. Her was, mother is black, but you don't she's know that black. by looking at her. She's not black, and she's never she didn't embrace being black until she got with Harry and found the money uh, and found the, the great the uh. It was money, beneficial. Money it was it was a victim right. status for her. Right. She didn't. She she was never a she never mentioned black people right. until she started with Harry. And realize the whole kind of oh, if I you know fake this whole black uh uh you know trauma and all this type of stuff, then I can g- create this massive fame for myself. Because she all had a clearly a black mother, mother though. Upsetting the, ca- upsetting the castle. Her, her mother on her Instagram or any social media. I checked it. Okay, I oh. checked it. I I can't stand Meghan Markle. I can't stand Meghan Markle. She reminds me of that movie Imitation of Life where she she doesn't want to recognize she that she is a black woman. She was black people <laughs> and until she got with Harry. I checked her page. Years ago, I went to her Instagram when she first started dating Harry and I went to her page. She didn't have a black face on there for adult years. She didn't even have her mother on there. She never associated herself with black people. She didn't even come off as black. She lived in California around lily white people. This woman is a fraud. A She's an interloper. Yes. She's just trying to do anything she can to garner some type of fame. And right now, playing the black card is the big thing to go. Right. She went all the way over there to England to upset their castle, accusing them people of calling her baby racist names and black. She's not even look black. Right. 
anyway, um, we do have to move on. Please, you know, we, um, we're going to have Charleston White, uh, Charleston Ooh, White yeah. commentary coming up momentarily uh, on MLK uh, and the legacy of MLK. So um, stay tuned. We just have a couple of more uh, trending topics to go through. Uh, and so I want to take it uh, to the the local topics. Uh, so, well, actually, before we get into local topics, I want to talk about this uh, new study that came out uh, where they're considering drugs and surgery for early, early for obesity in kids. Um, so they've updated these guidelines, basically saying children struggling with obesity should be evaluated and treated early and aggressively, including with medications for kids as young as 12 and surgery for those as young as 13 according to new guidelines released. This is Dr. Ihumu Inali, co-author of the first guidance on child obesity in 15 years from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Uh, so she says, what we see is a continuation of weight gain and the likelihood that they'll have obesity in adulthood. So now they want surgery and drugs as the go-to to, uh, to check these things or to fix it, I guess. Uh, what do you? What are your thoughts on this, T? Anything to escape from the reality, because obviously we have an issue with obesity in children, and instead of them finding healthy ways to, um, to to offer better resources or or, or healthier foods to the children, this is what they go to. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Our children, I mean, we have to protect them at all costs because there is it's just no winning for them unless we grab them and hide them into a cave or something. They're just coming for the children in each way, in every way. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this, Shelly? They are putting, you know, pushing drugs and, uh, and, and surgery on for child obesity as a solution. First. Yep. Solution. So first of all, I thought telling someone that they were obese, what, isn't that, wouldn't that be called fat shaming? I thought we couldn't do that anymore. Number one. Um, so number two, the, again, these are the uh, prestigious or certainly the organizations that we are supposed to be able to trust the American Academy of Pediatricians, the AMA, they have totally been lying, if you will, and allowing children to become fat, their, their guidelines, and now they want to basically do surgery and medicines on them. When all we need to do is go back to the basics. How about have, how about having kids ripping and running outside or, you know, having better gym time in school like we used to have, things like yeah. that. They want to skip over all of those <laughs> other less invasive means, which which over time have proven to work much better, but they want to put these children on these uh, these drugs and, and surgeries be, before they're even pubescent, before they've even gone through puberty. It's a lie. It is a sham. It's a scam. They want to jab and stab our children at any cost. Yeah, I, I mean, this, we have, I hope, well, I not, not hope, I know so many people have woken up after this whole pandemic and we've seen we, how we've seen the rollout of the vaccine and things like that and how now we've seen that the censorship and miscommunication propaganda that had gone on behind the scenes. I think the wool is being pulled up over people's eyes and the curtain is being pulled back. And we understand so. that these drug companies uh, these, um, uh, you know, um, all these types of companies are not in it 
for the health and well-being of our children, but they it is a huge money grab. You know, not only are they pushing surgery and drugs to combat childhood obesity, but they have recently changed the food pyramid. So now you have on there foods that we have always known to be unhealthy, but because they are by uh, the cereal brands and things, these these um, lobbyists that go in uh, and, and push these this stuff to get people to buy. Now they're saying this stuff that has been not known to be good for us is good for us. We can't believe them anymore. We have to do our own research. We do right. for our children. Right. right. Yeah, and, and let's be let's be. I mean, no, we're we're saying facts here. Obesity is, if not the most, one of the most uh, prevalent reasons and underlying reasons for people when they're hospitalized. Diabetes, heart disease, stroke. It has obesity has so many negative underlying causes and effects that it contributes to, to other medical problems. Right? That's all. That's a given. So no, obesity is not good for anyone. But for years, our government, these agencies have been pushing a bad pill, right? They've been pushing some bad medicine, really, on the American people. And now they're getting, they, they're coming down the line to the younger and younger generation. So no, we do have to really stand guard, stand at the, at the um, be the bulwark for our children in organizations that we could once reasonably rely on. We really can't take it for granted anymore. Certainly. How about we stop stop pumping all these drugs in the foods to, to where these children are getting these diseases, uh, high blood pressure and diabetes, so that we can fix the problem on the front end so that they won't get obese and they won't have to worry about these things before we can get there at right. that point. I agree. Yeah. And I go back to parents. I go back to parents. It starts Absolutely. with parents. How about saying no to your children? No, you're not going to lie around all day, several hours a day on the phones. And when, you know, you're going to get up, get some fresh air, whatever. You're not. So it's, it still starts with the parents. However, as parents, we can no longer just take for granted that these organizations have our best interests. Yeah, I want to move on to a local issue what, here. What, what, um, I, I also, on another note, I'm sorry, I did hear that the FDA, on another note, I heard that the FDA approved a drug for, for lesbians after they, you know, if they've broken up with their with their girlfriends or whatever. It's called um, Tricoxigan. What? Well, moving okay. on to sad news. Uh, a teacher was, oh, uh, all right, moving on uh, to sad news. A teacher was shot and injured by a six-year-old student in Virginia on Friday. The student reportedly opened fire after an altercation with the teacher in the first grade public school classroom. Police are currently investigating how the student gained access to the firearm. I want to start with you, Shelley. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I vacillated between shock and and sadness, appointment, um, unimaginable, unimaginable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I I don't understand how that student got the firearm. I think they're still investigating that. But can you imagine? What are your thoughts, Tia? You in a classroom where you you get a call that in your son's or, or daughter's uh, kinder or this first grade classroom I'm going for the parents like how I mean 
there should be if, if there's if there are guns or firearms in the house, it should be locked up to where these children can't get to it. So I I'm blaming the parents here. Like how did that how did this even happen in the first place? And then secondly, since the pandemic, everyone has lost their minds. These children, it's like what in the heck is going on with these people? How does a six-year-old, I mean, in their mind, think to go and shoot their teacher? Yeah, it was due to some type of confrontation. And here in Baltimore, we're, we're just getting over a mass shooting. So uh, here last Wednesday, there was a mass shooting of five students in southwest Baltimore at Edmondson Village Shopping Center. Uh, the violence left a 16-year-old dead and four other teenagers injured. All five victims were students at Edmondson Westside High School who had left the school grounds and were at the shopping center across the street during their lunch period. This is according to Baltimore City Police. On Thursday, the city school said it is a requirement for students to remain on school grounds during the school day. During a press conference at the crime scene last week, Mayor Brandon Scott expressed frustration over the troubled Edmondson Village Shopping Center. He said this Popeyes has been cited before for selling to minors and students during the daytime. This is something that shouldn't happen because those young people wouldn't be here if they knew they couldn't buy something from this place. So they kind of play, you know, throwing the blame back and forth. I want to start with you, Shelly. Who holds the more blame here, Popeyes or the city schools? Um, the, the people who shot the, the children, those are the people, the criminals, the thugs, the, the people who shot these children, these students, um, that they're the blame. Number one, number two, Sonia Santalisa is, she's another person I would like to, to talk to her face to face, um, and then tell her rest in peace when she dies. But, um, she, she, along with our, uh, immature mayor, a uh, blaming a business, a legitimate business selling legitimate products. They didn't shoot these children, these students, right? Now, students hook school. I, somebody, I, you know, maybe we all, I've done it one time when I was in school. Maybe you all have done it. Millions of students have hooked school to go across the street to the <coughs> place they run to buy lunch from. But that does not mean that they, that's a death sentence. It should not be a death sentence. How about Brandon Scott and Sonia Santalises blame themselves for the lack of enforcing the rules and the laws in Maryland, in Baltimore City at least, and Sonia Santalises, she really is part of this school to prison pipeline. In this case, maybe school to the grave. Yeah. Before I let, get your point on here, T, uh, I want to um, take, get you guys take a look at this video of a, a, of a parent. I don't even know how to even phantom. Somebody had to wake up tomorrow morning, usual routine, wake your children up for school, go to work. And now you don't have one. The beginning of the school, I mean, the beginning of the new year, we lost four children, four children. My heart is broke. I'm disappointed in my city. We should not even have to be out here every day. But one thing you don't see out here, where is Santa Lisa's at? Where is she at? How many parents have she apologized to? How many funerals have she been to of students? Not one. Nobody holds this woman accountable for nothing that she does. 
when she gets almost five hundred thousand dollars a year and with a one point two sixty billion I mean a one point two sixty dollar billion dollar budget, you mean to tell me she can't keep children in school? You can't give them a textbook? You can't teach them how not what the things to do and what not to do? This falls on the school system because there's no way that those children should have been able to leave that school. And how did the people that came up shooting, how did they know that they was even outside if they didn't go to Emerson Village? I need answers. I need answers. Somebody has to be held responsible for this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I agree with what she's saying on one hand, but on the other hand, they keep voting these people in. So if everybody wants to change and everybody's saying they're, they're fed up, why do you keep voting the same people in, the same types of people in? There's not going to be a change. Uh -uh. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, I know this is said so many times, but you know, my heart goes out to those parents, to the loved ones of those people that, uh, that, that love those children that were shot and especially the one that lost their lives uh, again. Cause as, as Shelly said, it shouldn't be a death sentence to, to go out of the school at, at lunchtime uh, and, and, um, and, and give a chicken sandwich or, or, or a chicken thigh. It, it shouldn't. So uh, again, we will continue to follow this story as we, as we generally do. And hopefully there is some accountability uh, held for this Dr. Sandalese, for Mayor Brandon Scott, all of them. It, they, they need to be held accountable. Only people I hear talking about getting rid of her are citizens. I don't hear it coming from the school board, and I certainly don't hear it coming from the mayor's office about getting rid of uh, Sonia Sandalese. All right, uh, moving right along, I want to get into, which is our main topic of the night, uh, YouTuber, popular YouTuber, Charleston White. Uh, he is a again a popular YouTuber and motivational speaker, uh, and he was in, in an interview with made some really uh, um, shocking comments about Martin Luther King Jr. and his legacy. I want to start off by this first clip. This is clip number one. How the f we waking up every day going to everybody else restaurant eating from their taste buds. And we got our own taste buds. That's true. That's that Dr. King. One man changed that, homie. That was one man's dream. Hmm. That was one man's dream to go hold hand with white people, to be able to sit at them folk counter and drink coffee from their coffee machine. All right. Uh, so he's basically saying that the idea of Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, forcing integration really was a detriment to the black community. I want to get your thoughts on that, Shelley. Look, Martin Luther King over the last few years is becoming, I would say, a mixed bag to me. Um, I, black people, generations of black people, I used to hear my, my grandparents or my grandparents' generation say that integration was not always in the best interest of black people because of, we lost a lot of our, I guess, community, some of our social standards, family values, things like that. Um, however, on a, a bigger scale, if we want equal rights under the Constitution, then I can see a place for that. So I'm not ready to just throw MLK out with the bathwater. Not right, at least not right now. Mm -hmm. 
I want to get your thoughts on this, T, because you know we do see that the onset of the integration, the civil rights movement, kind of led us to today. I mean, we've seen movements that have extended from the civil rights movement, including the LGBT movement. What are your thoughts on how that has impacted us today? I think that the LGBTQ LMNOP community has is riding the backs of the civil rights movement from, from the standpoint of, of how Black Americans and their struggle and their um, pain. Um, I don't think it's fair. If, I mean, if that's the question we're going to talk about, I don't think it's fair. I think they should have their own separate movement if that's the case. But don't don't mix those two together and say, oh, you know, you should know how we feel because you, as a Black person, you went through it. No, I didn't go through that because I have to be Black. So that's a separate issue. Going back to um, MLK, I think we should have left it at separate but equal. I think we would have been fine with that. Um, we, we didn't have to go to their schools. We didn't have to you know, be in their faces because I think it's affected us now because now we feel lesser than. Now we feel oppressed because, well, not, not we as in me, but Black people feel oppressed because they can't meet those same standards. They put white people as a standard. And now they feel like they can't meet that standard. They can't be like white people. So we feel lesser. They feel lesser than. So it it didn't help us, even mentally. Okay. And and when you think about us, meaning <laughs> right now we do see that, you know, these young people are pushing this more progressive movement. Uh, similarly, in the past, we saw uh, younger people pushing these progressive changes. Take a look here. This is clip number two where he talks about that. How did, uh, why do you think that black people bought into that? Well, they didn't. The youth followed that dream. Hmm. The elders rejected. Go watch the movie The Butler. Go hmm. back and just, you got to look behind the scenes and then go back and watch the movie The Butler. People mad them up. They signed for to go down south and involve themselves in that revolutionary. And it was with Dr. King. It wasn't with the Black Panthers. Hmm. It was a big pushback, homie. Black people didn't like Dr. King at first. No, they. I, no, I know that. The elders, the youth bought into it. Why do you think so many young people was joining in on them lunch counter marches, getting their kicked, beat upside the head, mm -hmm. just to be able to sit at a white man's table? I mean, get y'all out of there before you get your eye put out. Let's go back and sit at Muddy Hill Spot. <laughs> now we can't find no Muddy Hill Spots nowhere no more. But we all like to go eat his steak. Yeah. So that was a really good point. Uh, and when he, you, did you see how he compared, you know, the move, Martin Luther King movement and then the Black Panther movement? And we saw that in history in several movies, even the, the Black Panther movie that recently came out a couple of years ago, uh, where they talked, Black Panthers were about fixing their community, uh, fixing the where they were, not so much about integration. Uh, and But you saw with the Martin Luther King movement, civil rights movement was more about integrating and and being able to go on these other air into these other areas uh where white people were and and communicating and, and fellowshipping together what, what are your thoughts there shelly again i think okay i think i think we got comfortable after the civil rights after the winds of the civil rights movement i think black people by and large i think we got comfortable in that we did not 
pass down the values that were that were stabilized keep our families and communities stable we didn't pass them down to our future uh children and offspring and generations we got comfortable we thought that the winds were all that we needed that that was needed so we got whatever we got from as i as my grandmother would say from whitey or the white man and then we thought that was all we had to do and so we did not transmit the values that got us even to that point we had nothing else to fight for we had no purpose that we transmitted down to the next generation therefore we got comfortable we get entitled and like t said and we still have a, a large portion of our community still has the white man as the standard yeah and that was a good point that you brought up t uh you know, that whole idea of this being the standard uh, when there was a standard before the integration. You had you know, black communities flourishing and doing well. Um, as you mentioned, he talked about, you know, muddy waters, you know, where you could you had little, uh, you know, uh, places and establishments where black people congregated and, 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 was, and did, you know, exchange goods and services. Uh, but once integration came, a lot of those fell to the wayside. Can you elaborate a little bit more there on what he just said about the young people reject, uh, I mean, the elders rejecting uh, what the young people did in the MLK movement? I think the young people have always been the ones, uh, the elements of change or the ones to progress change. Um, and it's always the young, the older people who are like, oh, you know, those young people are crazy. They're out there doing all this and doing all that. So it's it's always been the young people. And it, and it continue. Obviously, now it will be as well. I mean, it, that will continue. But there is some wisdom that the elderly carry that they can for, foresee things that we, as young people or young people, can't see. So, like you said, that like we those things of community and and shame in the community, those family values, all those things that we had that we instilled in ourselves that made us great, we've lost those things because of this progress that we've been making over the years. So, and it started with, I mean, within our own communities by, from integration, mm -hmm. because now we're mixing and mingling and we're losing the values because we're, we're setting, we're using someone else's standards and values, not ours. Yeah. And, and when you look at other uh, ethnicities that come here to the United right. States, there's, there's no assimilation you know, there's not as much assimilation as we had during the civil rights movement. You know, you still can go to, you know, California or uh, New York and see whole entire areas of just uh, Latino uh, cooking and, and everything's in Spanish. Um, uh, you know, you go to California, there's whole swaths of areas of, of uh, Vietnamese uh, and, and towns that are everything's in Vietnamese, Chinatown. But you don't have that with uh, with, with African American community. Uh, we always wanted to melt, you know, melt right into everyone else. With again, this, the whole integration. Uh, so we, I think, we did lose a bit of of our uh, our heritage. Well, I, we I, lost I, that right. during slavery, actually, before we, we even had the chance. Um, it was stripped away back then. But I mean, so we're we're kind of lost. We're kind of lost, but we we kind of gained it back when we were free. Um, but we didn't know how to be free, I think, at that point. So <laughs> we didn't know where to go and what to do. Mm -hmm. I think slavery, um, besides freedom 
system took away a lot of the dignity, but that was rewon or regained in the efforts to um, to free the free black the free black people, and certainly up to up to and after Jim Crow and Reconstruction. I think that we had more dignity back then as a community. But again, I'm still think once we got these wins, so to speak, of uh, uh, from the uh, civil rights era integration. We got comfortable as a community. We got comfortable. We thought we didn't need to do anything else. And you know, we we won the we won the battle or whatever. And now we can go and rest on our laurels, so to speak. Well, guess what? It's coming home to roost because I honestly don't know what we offer to that's good, that's beautiful in general. What we offer like other cultures that come here? You know, we borrow from other cultures, maybe some of their their cooking and their art, whatever. But I don't know as a community what we are offering them. Well, I, I can't say that we don't offer anything because I mean we still have within us we that soul. And you know, however that is manifested or translates or it looks on the outside, we still have that. We st we're still the greatest because, I mean, if you look at the arts, you look at, you know, just us, a lot of people copy from us. We're just the ones that are lost. We don't understand who we are. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think it's that whole idea of this assimilation. Uh, you mm. know, we, as you mentioned, people, you know, black people, are, are naturally, uh, you know, dancers, naturally good with, cre you know, creatives and arts and, uh, you know, physical, like, uh, uh, sports and, and things like that. Um, you know, but even as simple, something simple as our hair, I mean, you have this whole idea of, you know, now black women don't want to wear their natural hair. They don't want their national hair color, uh, you know, it's always strange to me to see, you know, black women with this uh, platinum blonde wigs and the platinum blonde weaves, uh, and and things like that. And and now I, and now people say, oh, you know, this, you know, we us black people, we can, you know, do whatever we want. You know, that's part of our power. Is it really though? Um, you know, trying to look like something else and it's it's unnatural. Is you know the way that it's done it, it, it's unnatural and it's not really you kind of erasing what you are really right. um it's, so. it's funny it's funny how if i'm in a store or anywhere and you know there's a person a woman in front of me she has the long blonde hair or whatever i can't tell if she's black or white until i see her from the front these yeah. days you can't tell who who you're coming up on i mean she could have even be a man but <laughs> At this point, you can't tell who it is from the back because their hair is so long and they're just so proud of it. I mean, I have braids, but this is still, you know, cultural. But you just, it's everything is confusing right now. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, uh, it is. I mean, so on one hand, you have these days, you know, these I'm black and I'm proud and, you know, black women this, black women that, black men this, black men that, and and all this type of stuff, and then we don't even look like a black person. Uh, now, let me you know, let me take that. Now, I don't want to take back what I said. Not not uh, fully. I, so, but I think T to your point. I think one of the things that other, I guess, ethnicities see about black women. I'm talking about, I guess, I would say, real, authentic black women who are black women who know, quote unquote, how to be black women who are comfortable being black women. I think they see that authenticity in us. And they don't know how to um, 
assimilate that or they don't know how to appropriate that because that's not them. I know. I know one thing. I if if reincarnation is real, I want to come back a black woman and an Aries. I'm I'm so proud of me in this life right here. <laughs> I want to do it over again. Let run that back, God. <laughs> exactly. Look, my aunt always says. My aunt has. I just talked to her a couple days ago. Always says, "Be who you are because you're the only one that knows how to be you." Exactly. Yeah. I want to take a look at this last clip. This is clip three, Charleston White. We don't sweat no more. Best way to clean and rid your body of, of, of toxins, homie, is sweating. Why you think everybody with good sense go to a sauna? Mm -hmm. We stay in the AC. At some point throughout their day, once or twice, three times a week, they go into a sauna and sweating. They exercise and sweating. That's the, that's the secret. The niggas used to eat slop. But they worked all day in the sun, sweating, sunlight, sweating. When they go, when they when they stop being slaves, they sat in them old houses, fanning themselves with their dresses up, sweating. They was always sweating. We don't sweat no more. We like the white boy in the cave with all the diseases. Mm -hmm. In the dark, cool, no sunlight. That was him when he had all the diseases. Eating the red meat that bleed. Stand running from the sun. Black people are the only people that run from the sun, homie. Man, it's too hot out there. I ain't going out there until that sun go down. It's <laughs> the source of life and energy. That's your vitamin D. We, we don't are, believe in being in water. We sun people, homie. Why are we running from what we are? So those are some good points. I mean, one thing he did, it's funny he mentioned about the red meat because I was just reading the Bible uh, scripture and it talked, it actually says in the Bible, we're not supposed to eat bloody meat. Um, I actually didn't know that until this week. I mean, I don't eat bloody meat, but um, that was one thing that the, it said. Uh, and again, the sun, you know, sunlight, uh, you know, I, I, I love the sun. I mean, I feel when I go to the Caribbean and I'm out there in that sun and the heat, you know, I'm glowing. Like it's just really, it's it's something that I crave. Um, and and again, he brought up some very good points. What are your thoughts on it, uh, Shelly? Yeah, I like the. I appreciate the point about the vitamin D because research has shown. I mean, over the last I don't know a number of years, how important vitamin D is. And I know personally, um, reading some of the research and just over time, I love being, I, I hike and I walk and I've been doing it now, I guess almost maybe a little more than two years. I love it. It is so refreshing, not, not just um, physically, it's mentally refreshing for me to get out there literally in the woods, walking. Um, you know, I got, I got some stuff on me and I'm going through the wood. It's refreshing with the sunlight. Now, I ain't gonna lie, Charleston, I do like my AC. So um, I do like my AC when it's 110 outside, but I do appreciate being outside. It's a sense of, of freedom. It's a sense of cleansing for me. And it, <coughs> I do appreciate that. And vitamin D is very important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts there, T? 
Yeah, I can agree with with Shelly there. Um, I I actually appreciate the sun at times. Um, it is refreshing. It's rejuvenating for for my skin. For you know, I'll I'll go and just stand in the sun for a little while. But however, as a native Floridian, um, it gets hot, and I you know I'd rather some cool air. I'd because ra- I feel like I can always get warm if I'm cold, but that's that's starting the trip. I don't know about the sweating part. I, mean, I I don't know about that, Mr. Mr. White, because I don't like to sweat. I don't really sweat, both figuratively and literally. But um, you know, it's I understand that there are health benefits and I mean we used to worship worship the sun and the moon. So I understand the uh the spiritual aspect of it and all that, but you know, it is hot. If I'm being real. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess definitely to each his own. Uh, and again, uh, this is a, this is what you get by when, when you start talking about people as a monolith, you know, as black people and kind of putting everybody in uh, the same box or the same, uh, I mean, the three of us, we had three different reactions to that. Um and again, I've said this before on the show. That's why I'm starting to choose to not really look at myself as, you know, part of, you know, I am an African-American woman, proud African-American woman, but that's not the end all be all really for me. Um, you know, my value system is not derived from the color of my skin. Uh, we see that clearly, you know, it used to be a time where, you know, people that look like us and live with or near us all, you know, have the same value system. But that has totally changed. I, I don't align myself with most black people as far as my values. You know, I'm conservative, um, you know, morally, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. Um, and, and, uh, and, and those are two of the largest things. But most black people are not. Uh, that sounds pretty black to me. I don't know how. Most people, uh, uh, most black uh, people, most black uh, people do not agree with most of the things that we say on this show that are conservative. Well, and they totally are not living it. They, they, they. That's because they, they've been brainwashed. But uh, I'm most, tired most of that. black people, most black people are Christians. They love them some Jesus. Uh, I mean, you can say you or, Christian, or I mean, you are. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of us are not following biblical standards. The churches are not even what you would call churches following biblical standards. The leadership in many of these churches are not following biblical principles, biblical standards. Um, See, that's you know, where that's where the I guess that's where the confusion and the conflict is. But most black people do say that they are what well, you know they say that they're Christians and they I mean they are whatever they're Christians. But it comes down to the conflict, a whole different conversation within the church and the leadership and how that's translated. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, we're we we are so far gone as as a people from uh from our from where we were, our grandparents were and the thinking behind what our grandparents and our great grandparents taught us. That is done. That is gone. Uh we don't share any type of commonalities with black people, an everyday black person. Uh, that we may we have more in in, con, in line, or at least I do. I'll speak for myself. Have more in line with probably my grandparents and their parents than I do with other Black people today. 
Well, I mean, this is an interesting thing because before I reveal to people that I'm a, a, a conservative or a Republican, well, I'll say Republican, they, you know, I'm talking to them and they're agreeing with the conservative values or the conservative things that I'm that we're talking about. But as soon as I say, oh, I'm a Republican, then it all switches. So we actually are conservative. They just don't vote that way. And they don't there, there's I don't there's a disconnect somewhere where they can't acknowledge that. Well, to me, they, if, if this is the case, then they they, they have some type of, of, of double comprehensive, comprehensive problem. Yeah. I don't think that's the case though. It's it's this too many it's too many blatant things in the news, in the media that are being pushed by progressives, pushed by the left. You know, the Democrat Party has wholeheartedly embraced all of the progressive Marxist socialist uh ideas and 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 concepts. A black person that is sitting there telling you that they, they're agreeing with conservative values. I don't know. Maybe you're not telling them. Conserv- I don't know what conservative values you're talking to. I don't even say, oh, this is yeah. a conservative value. I'm just talking, having a conversation about the mentality of black people exactly. or things that we shouldn't should be doing. I'm, I'm having a conversation. It's just out of conversation. And they're agreeing. But as they soon as I agree, say, as soon well, as I say something about Republican, then it's, you know, what a lot of black people don't realize in my never to be humble opinion they don't realize how closely the church at large has intertwined a lot of these marxist socialist principles under the guise of christianity they don't understand where the breakdown or where the separations are so they think it's all this one big i guess one big tent i guess i mean i'll give you examples before we end the show because i'm sick of black people honestly (laughs) Uh, you know, you know, I um, yeah, I was talking to, uh, I'm not even gonna say who it was, but I was talking to somebody, a black person, who claims to be Christian, and um, and and so she was saying how um, and we were talking about all of this sexualization and the LGBT uh, Q into for for kids, <clears throat> and um, we were actually talking about um, you know, a drag time story hour. And um, you know we're drag, uh, drag, uh, drag um, artists, whatever you call it, drag queen reads to children ages like two up to like nine, and and so you know this is somebody black girl who's supposed to be Christian, and she said she was like, oh my god, I can't believe that, you know, why are they doing that? Kids shouldn't be having, you know, drag queen shouldn't be reading to children. Da, da, da. And she was saying all this. I'm just listening because. Just what three weeks ago, this same person was taken up for Balenciaga and talking about all of you know. I'm trying, we talked about the whole Balenciaga, you know, the stuff and how they were pushing children's sexualization of children. And this person was taken up for that, but then they're saying they're up in arms about drag queens reading to children. It all is intertwined. <laughs> it is. It is. And they, I don't think, I think that's dismissed because, oh, they're all for, they're advocates for this LGBT elemental P. They're advocates for them all the way. Like they've, they've totally sold out. This one guy, as it relates to the um, the topic about the drag queens reading books or reading the stories, he says, well, what's the difference between a drag queen reading um, the stories and Elmo reading? It's all costumes, he says. And I'm like, 
I'm not even going to answer that question. Elmo, <laughs> well, I would answer, I mean, I know you may not, but first, Elmo is a dog, and children know that that's a dog. What they are confused by is when you have a, a penis man, a man with a penis up there dressed in women's clothes and makeup and gyrating, whatever, that is sexualizing children and confusing them. And let's be real. It's all based on sexual orientation. Like, I don't, they miss that part. Not only that, but they're actually, one of the of the, the, the leaders behind the whole drag queen story time hour, they, it's actually like a movement they're trying to push throughout the country um, to push queer ideology. But one of the things that the leaders, do, do, one of the leaders does, I think his name is Miss, something, Miss, uh, crappy pants or something crazy, some messy pants, something like that, is he does a thing where he changes. Remember the song, the wheels on the bus go round and round? Mm -hmm. So you remember the song, wheels on the bus go round. It teaches you about the mechanics of a bus, you know, teaching that to the children. It makes sense. Well, he has changed that to saying what the drag queen does. So the the one part, the waist of the drag queen goes wish, wish, wish. The uh, the the eyebrows of the drag queen go clap. Oh, he's changed it to talking about a drag queen. Why? Why do the? I understand a child needing to know about a bus and locomotives and things like that because that's all construction trucks and and th Why does a, a a child need to know what a drag queen does? Right. It makes no sense, but they're doing it intentionally. And this is what I'm talking about as far as these so-called black people and talking about they're Christian and they're conservative. I don't see it. There's no intention of being a conservative. I don't see any intention or an agenda, a conservative agenda like I do see with these progressives. And they wholeheartedly, every time they can, support this agenda. Right. Well, so, we started off the show um, about the coming after our children, the medical institutions. Um, if you want to say some of the, I'm saying some of the uh, religious institutions, certainly some of the political side, all these movements, they are coming after our children. We've been saying this for weeks and they're coming from all fronts. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks a lot, Dr. Dr. Martin Luther King. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, Charleston White mentions it in the, in the, uh, in his uh, this same video, I'm not sure if we have the clip where he mentioned, you know, that it's a concerted effort to attack and come after the children. Uh, he also. OK, here we are. School. So how do we become so civilized? Oh, uh, well, we got to we got to come uncivil. I don't know how we became so civilized. We comfortable. Very comfortable. Everything is nice. Uh, Everything well, is and, given and, to us now. Oh, and I part, wasn't that part of the agenda, though, as far yeah, as like well, tethering people to the government and making people lazy and not forcing them to do anything uh, outside of that, which uh, then that was a southern strategy. That was Nixon. Them. Yeah. You know, that was a flip of the parties. Uh, that's why you hear people say, well, the Republican parties, they switch. It, it was a Democratic strategy that made it appear as if they switched. Yeah. Now, some jump ship. But, man, that was, that was a Democratic uh, strategy, homie, uh, the southern strategy during Nixon's uh, era that 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 this switched. I want to meet this guy. Where he at? <laughs> yeah, he's something. I mean, he is. I, I love it. I love it. To uh, 
you know, check out Google Charleston White on you on Google or go to YouTube and do a search for him. His videos will keep you up all night long. Uh, was he the one that also got on Gabrielle Union about her about and uh, what's his name, Dwayne Wade, a child? Yes, he did. Oh, yeah. He has a viral video that went out uh, where he was very upset about uh, what yeah, they were doing yeah. to uh, Dwayne Wade's son, uh, now trans daughter. Uh, so um, definitely check him out. He's a wealth of knowledge and very He's a comedian. He's also a comedian too. Mm -hmm. he has I think he is. I don't think he's a comedian. Mm -hmm. he he is. A I think he is. Oh, okay. I'm Um, all right. Well, that gets us to the end of the show. Uh, so thank you so much for watching and staying with us. Uh, continue the conversation by checking us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and subscribe. I know we had some new some new people I saw in the comments. Thank you so much for for joining the conversation. But make sure you hit that subscribe uh, that subscribe bell and the notification bell. Uh, so certainly do that. Uh, that way you get up to the minute content when we post, and we appreciate the support. We are an independent media, and each time you subscribe, it helps make our voice that much stronger. We are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. Check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com. We look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, count your blessings and live a life of purpose. Good night. And try Cox, and try Cox again. <laughs>